Um, so, uh, my name is Lois, and I asked that question about what you would want to be as a professional sports person. So, is there any answers? What would you love to be? Pardon? None. None? None. He does not want anything to do with sports. He hates sports so much. No. Do you want to be a nun? We can talk about that later. So that's fine as well. Don't think it's a sport. Um, anyone else, if you could be a professional sport? Footballer? Badminton. I love a bit of badminton. Oh, yeah. Table tennis Sunday. I like it. Rugby. Go on, Mary. Yeah, go on, girl. Rugby player. Gymnastics, oh yeah, I'm not very, uh, not very bendy, so I can't really do that one, but yeah, I agree with you there. Singing, singing's a sport, I like it. Yeah, we got more. A sprinter, do you want a quick race? No, no, that's fine. To be honest, I could be here all day doing this. I might just scrap these notes, this is great. I feel like I know more about you already. Um, just to introduce a little bit about myself, um, I, part of my role here on the FCC team is being our youth pastor for the best youth group in town, FDY. Woo! So we have a group of teenagers that get together on a Friday night and we just help them to navigate life. But what I've realized recently that there's a bit of a pattern emerging because what some of the lads love to do is take me on in an arm wrestle. Now it's not because I'm super strong. Because I would love to be a uh, weightlifter. If I could do anything, if I could be a professional sports person, I'd be a weightlifter. Because I am super weak. What they love to do is line up and take me on one by one and just beat me. Like The faster they can get me down, the better. Because they've realized and they've learned that I'm super weak. Um, some other things about me. I'm a bit clumsy. I will have food on my outfit somewhere uh, at some point because I'm very clumsy. Um, when I enter a room... I'm not the most graceful person. I quite often bash the door frame on the way in and then like drop the contents of my bag. That's just me. It's how the Lord made me. And so I've got to tell you that I had a right laugh when I realized that today I was speaking on gentleness. Gentleness is the next in the series of our fruit of the spirit where we're looking at the characteristics that the Holy Spirit puts and grows in us so that we can become more like Jesus. And if there is a word that you would not use to describe me, it's gentle. I like, I'm a tornado that enters a room. And uh, gentle is not something that you would describe me as. This is what I think of when I think of gentleness. Ah, cute, aren't they? Um, I think of this one as well. Ah, and I think of this one. Ah, that's what I think of when I think of gentleness. And um, I've realized that what I think or what I have thought about gentleness is probably what the lads in youth think about me, that gentleness kind of go hand in hand with weakness. That was what I always like kind of had in the back of my mind. So I was thinking about gentleness and I was like... I don't really know where to go with this one. But as I've been learning about gentleness, I've looked to Jesus and I've realized that gentleness can't be weakness. And the reason is that Jesus described himself in the Bible as a gentle man. He is the best gentleman there is. This is what Jesus says about himself in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. These are Jesus' words. Jesus says, take my yoke upon me, 
Learn from me because I, Jesus, am gentle and humble in heart. Now, Jesus was a gentleman. He was self-confessed gentle, but he was also super strong. He was like the world's strongest man. And I don't mean that he was like super buff, like popping with muscles and biceps. What I mean is, in every sense of the word, Jesus was the epitome of strength. Like Jesus, don't know if you know this about him, he walked on water. I struggle to walk on land, honestly. Imagine the core strength to walk and balance on water. Like physically, he was strong. Jesus lived alone in the desert for I think like 40 days and 40 nights. Imagine the mental strength that you have to do to live alone for 40 days. 10 minutes on my own and I'm like counting the ceiling tiles. He's got physical strength. He's got mental strength. I love this about Jesus. Jesus was despised and hated by so many people, but every single one of them, he looked at them and said, I love you. Imagine the emotional strength that that takes. Jesus was strong in every sense of the word, but Jesus still described himself as gentle. So what we are going to look at today is this idea that gentleness isn't weakness. In fact, we're going to look at a story that tells us that gentleness is the strength to control your power. We're going to look at a story um, about Jesus. Sean actually mentioned it last week, so we're going to dig into it again this week. It's a story in the Bible in the New Testament in a book called John, and it's chapter 8. And we're going to read from verses 3 up to 11. And here's what's going on. Jesus is at a temple. He's teaching a crowd that's gathered around him. He's minding his own business when the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, they butt in. They're like, make your way into the crowd. And these are people, by the way, who want to catch Jesus out. They want him to trip himself up because they don't like him and they want him to criminalize himself so that they've got a reason against him. So this is where we are in John chapter 8. I'll just have a sip of my water. Verse 3 says this. The teachers of the law... excuse me, and the Pharisees brought in a woman who was caught in adultery. They made a stand before the group and they said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and he said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until there was only Jesus left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up. And he asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. Now you could read that story as I did the first time and you could like brush past it and miss the gentleness of Jesus in it. But just to recap, what we've got is a group of people who dragged along a woman who, yes, was caught doing something she didn't. And they were like, Jesus, 
Now what? And weren't they looking powerful with their stones in the hand, thinking that they knew the law, thinking that their power came from knowing the law and what Moses would say? And they were like, we can stone her, right? And Jesus was like, well, you know, if you're perfect, then go for it. And they were like, oh, yeah, wait, no, I'm not perfect. Walk away. And then suddenly we realized that the only one left standing there was Jesus because he had the power, because he is the only perfect one. He is the only spotless one. He is the only pure one. And yes, according to cultural laws back in the time, he would have had the power to stone her, but what did Jesus do? He had the gentleness within him and the strength to control that power. Jesus might have had the power to punish her, but he had the strength to forgive her. That's gentleness. Jesus has the power to hold our sins against us because he's perfect and we're absolutely not. Every one of us gets it wrong from time to time. Jesus never does. He has the power to judge us, but instead he says, I don't judge you. Just go and don't do it again. Jesus had the power to kill this woman, but in his gentleness he says, go and live. That is the gentleness of Jesus, and gentleness requires strength. Gentleness is the strength to control the power that's within us. And there is a power within each of us. There is a power within you and with me. And gentleness is what will determine how we use our power and whether we use our power for good and for God. A couple of weeks ago when I... um, was preaching last. I introduced you to my dog, Lottie. Now, at this point, you might think I'm dog obsessed because I'm going to introduce you to another dog. Yet again, he's not hiding behind there. He's just going to come up on the screen. So this is Walter. This is my brother's dog. Um, He's a Cocker Spaniel. I know we've got some Spaniel owners, and you will know that Cocker Spaniels are crazy. Like, oh my word, the energy. Does it ever stop, Abby? Do they ever stop running around? No. Like, they get the zoomies. You know what the zoomies are? Like, they get like this. And then they go, no, then they just don't stop. And then they like, go and go and go. Because the energy levels of Cocker Spaniels just is relentless. They are absolutely mad. Um, Walter is lovely, but like full of beans. He's got no tail either, which is just a bit weird, isn't it? Like, Lottie had no teeth. Walter has no tail. There's not like a link with the animals in our family missing limbs. Um, But this is Walter. Um, And Walter, I think, is he three? He's about three, isn't he? Yeah, about that. Um, But life changed for my brother and Walter um, because a year ago, my brother had little baby Florence. And so little baby Florence came home and Walter needed to change his ways. Because when a baby comes along, what you have to say to a dog is, calm down, be gentle. Because dogs are powerful. And Walter, in his energy and in his power, would run round and round and round. But now that there's a little baby on the scene, Walter needed to learn to be gentle and to control the power of his energy and to control the power of his voice and his barking and to control the power of his excitement. And so in trying operative word being trying to train Walter. We would say, be gentle, slow down, be gentle. Because the thing is, if Walter didn't learn to be gentle and control the power within him, then he might break something. If he didn't learn to 
be gentle and control the power within him, then he might hurt somebody. If he didn't learn to be gentle and control the power within him, then he might make Florence scared. And so just like Walter has had to learn to be gentle and control the power within us, we need to learn to control the power within us, to have the strength to control the power within us for people's good. So I wonder whether you have the strength to control your power. And maybe you've not thought about yourself that you've got power, but we have power in our decisions. We have power in our conversations. We have power in the way that we choose to speak to people. We have power in our responses and our reactions to people, in the way that we treat each other. We have power, but do you have a strength like Jesus to control the power within you by growing in gentleness? Or today, do you know that you need to ask the Holy Spirit to grow this gentleness in you and to build it up. Because here's what the Holy Spirit can do. We have the power, a bit like Walter, to break things. But the Holy Spirit can give us the strength to fix things. We have the power to discourage people. But the Holy Spirit can give us the strength to build each other up. We have the power to gossip about each other. But do you have the strength to just be silent? We have the power to judge people, to make comments about people. But do you have the strength to just befriend people? We have the power to argue and argue and argue. Or do you have the strength to actually resolve? We have the power to destroy people online with comments or reviews or words. But actually, do you have the strength to empower people? Gentleness is learning to control the power within us. And the good news is, Walter learned how to be gentle most of the time. Actually, that's a lie. When Florence is in the room, he's learned how to be gentle. And do you know what happened? Although he's still crazy and he gets the zoomies, he knows that when Florence is around, I need to be gentle. And as a result, Florence loves Walter. And she trusts Walter. And she feels safe around Walter. And that is what happens. When we are gentle, it is only ever a win-win situation. People will learn to trust us when they believe that we have the strength to control the power within us. People will feel emotionally safe around us when they know that we have the strength to control our words and our opinions. People will learn to open up to us when they know that we have the strength to control our judgments and to lead in gentleness with grace. People will learn to love us when, we know, when they know that we have the strength to control the power within us so that we will use our power for good and for God. And imagine this. Imagine a world, <coughs> excuse me, where we as a society have confidence in our world leaders that they would have the strength to use their power for good. Imagine that. Imagine a world where children and young people can trust and believe that their parents and their carers are safe because they have learned to control the power within them. 
imagine what it would be like if our community knew that the church is a place that doesn't abuse its power, but has the strength to control the power it has and use it for the good of the community around us. Imagine how we could help our community as we choose to grow in gentleness and control the strength within us. It's what Jesus did, and he made such a good example of it. The more gentle we become, I believe, the safer people will feel around us, not because we're getting weak, but because we're controlling the power within us. Gentleness is the strength to control that power. Gentleness is, as Jesus showed as well, just the greatest expression of his grace. In that story, he had an opportunity of the power to condemn this woman, but you know what he did? He just looked at her and said, go, I love you. I'm not judging you. Go and don't sin anymore. And that is the grace of the gentleness of Jesus. It was best demonstrated for us on the cross. When thousands of years ago, Jesus looked at us and he says, it doesn't matter what you've done. I love you. It doesn't matter whether you've used your power or abused your power. He says, I love you. And on that cross, at a time when Jesus could have chosen a million different responses, he chose gentleness and grace because he didn't turn his face away from us. He looked towards us and he died on a cross to say, this is for you because I love you. And I think that the best way we could respond to Jesus' death on a cross and to the grace and gentleness of Jesus would be to remember it through taking communion. So the band are going to come up um, and we're going to sing a final song and I'm just going to invite you to take communion if you feel you want to engage with that today. The communion cups are on the four corners on the tables just there. And really this is just a time for you to reflect on the gentleness of Jesus to put yourself in the position of that woman who had her sin exposed before a group of people, but who had Jesus look her in the eye and said, go and sin no more. And as you take communion today, I pray that you would know the grace, the goodness, and the gentleness of Jesus that is for your good and for his glory. Do you want to stand together? Feel free to take communion in your own time and then worship along with the band. <laughs>